Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This episode is brought to you by the Pet Pandemic Prevention Bureau. Stop the spread of COVID by masking your pets and eventually all wild animals so we can put an end to this nonsense. Check them out at nomorenosebreath.com. Hey, everybody, this is Derek. And with me today is the only man who's like a, about as socially lubricating as a powdered drink mix, Carl <laughs> Mandrioli. And you're going to find out a little bit more about that later today. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, my friend? Nice, it's, nice, nice way going. to tie that into some future episodic stuff. I like it. I episodic? like it. Is, that word? Episodic? is it episodic? I, I think know. it's episodic. I don't know. Star Wars taught me that. With me today is Derek Somerville, the Keep only that. man who cannot win at rock, paper, scissors when he's playing against a dog. Wow. Doesn't the dog do paper every single time? The paw is just like laying flat. Uh, but the paw is kind of round. It's kind of like a rock. Okay. You know? It's I mean, confusing for you. It's struggling. I get, I get it's, it. It's I a struggle. It. So, you know, we're a little ways into season four now and we've been doing these uh what would you call them like like fake sponsors to start our show they're fake they're fake Aren't yeah they? i know some people think they're real they're fake and they're silly we've gotten zero feedback like positive or negative on these you know what i don't need feedback I don't, i'm not insecure like that i just okay. do them because they're fun i think gotcha they're fun. gotcha all right I'm but more... if you know the b&b if you guys want to give carl a little uh sarcastic love or hate you know feel free feel not free. hate not hate Definitely not you. So Crit- criti- critiques on his critiques uh, fine. That's fine. Yeah, man, we got a guest today. We have an author. This is this is our first author ever on the show. I'm, I feel blessed. I am not a writer at all. Did you have any like hopes or dreams of being a writer at any point? Not whatsoever. Okay, no. I did, and I so I'm a little jealous that uh, you know this guy's living his dream and I guess I'm living a different dream. That's okay. But um, yeah, (laughs) that's how it goes. So I I think we have to kind of introduce this a little bit. So, so let me ask you this question Mm. because this is going to kind of take us down a different road, so to speak, pun intended is the importance of, of the road trip portion of a journey often overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good analysis. Great analysis right there. And furthermore, (laughs) henceforth, no, I think, um, I think, and you've probably experienced this yourself. Like, um, you know, a lot of times when you go on vacation or a road trip or whatever, I think a lot of people are so focused on the destination or what you're going to do when you get there, what you're looking forward to the most, blah, 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 blah. But I think, you know, and you, you tend to look at the actual drive or traveling as like, not part of the trip or maybe it's laborious or maybe it's boring. And I, I think that really can take away from your overall trip. I mean, if you are with people you care about and love, I think it can be a lot of fun, really a good road trip, good conversation. Well, I mean, you in a car for four hours is no picnic. Let me, let me just clarify, (laughs) but uh, you know, when you, it can be, it's what you make it. You know, I mean, that's my theory. So just to, kind of get to the core of what you were saying there. Are you suggesting that it's about the journey, mm-hmm. not the destination? Is that what I'm suggesting? I'm suggesting I'm it's all the whole, the whole, everything together, <laughs> Carl, you already know this. You like to turn the screws. I, and that's it was fine. just about you. You basically said that at the beginning of your answer. Then you, you elaborate a little more, but I was about to call you cliche guy for sure. So cliche. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I mean, they're different parts of the same trip, right? I mean, it's they are. the road they're, trip. 
to and from is one thing. And then what you're doing when you get there is another thing. So. It's a piece of the puzzle for sure. So piece of the pie. <laughs> go. Have you ever taken an RV trip? I have. And uh, it was, <laughs> and I'm going to stop there. No, yeah, it please was, uh, elaborate. <laughs> it was, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. I think I'd like to actually do it again. My girls and I are planning to go maybe in the summer to like uh, the Grand Canyon or something mm-hmm. like that just to check it out. But yeah, I don't know. I think just being in the car and having fun, having laughs is, is part of the fun, really. For sure. I mean, yeah, I've done one RV trip and that was actually when we were traveling around the South Island of New Zealand. Kids were pretty young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved it, man. I loved it for sure. So, okay, last question. These are kind of all parts of the, uh, the interview that we're going to kind of tie together here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you more of a dog lover or more of a dog hater? I, I'd say I'm more of a dog lover. Okay. I've had dogs before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't not like dogs. I like dogs. Okay. Just, just, just curious. Yeah. I, you're, I would you say see, that you're a dog hater though. I think I know. used to be, I used to be not, not sheer hate. I, I will say that I've had, we'll kind of talk about this afterwards because there's, there's a reason for kind of how that's played out. But um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of dogs for a while, but then a year and a half ago, um, my wife came home with a dog from the shelter mm-hmm. and <laughs> so I didn't have a choice at that point. Yeah. So I was like, you're in charge of the dog. I'm not picking up any poo or any of that stuff. Um, but the dogs, so you know how dogs, like they just kind of just infiltrate your lives. Like you don't even have a choice. And yeah. so uh, I've since uh, become more of a dog lover, I'll say. Look at you. Look yeah. at you grow- you're growing. And I'm growing. Uh, I know you're more into cats because they're, you know, more self-independent, uh, self-absorbed, you know, animals. You don't have to like... Mm-hmm. You know, reminds you. Maybe it's like a parallel comparison. I don't know. You don't have yeah. to pick up poop and all that stuff. So right. Um, I don't know dogs, what cats you've had. We when you live in a colder environment, the cats cats can't just roam around. They uh, mm-hmm. definitely the litter box is at play. I'm not a cat lover. I'm actually I'm a big big believer that cats are really good at just destroying everything that you own. So mm, okay, I, there yeah. is some merit for that. I'll give you that. Right. I, I used to have two cats, so there's right. merit to that. Yeah. Maybe you're just an animal hater in general, though you know uh not an animal hater i I think i think i've shown over the course of various seasons that you know like i'm not shy around the animals especially the wild animals and i should be more shy around them so you should be yeah i embrace embrace the yeah ignorance ignorance is bliss as they say indeed so so we're gonna get to all that today's title of the episode travels with hoffa is a journey yeah that author nathan pettijohn took with his dog Hoffa. Hoffa was not Jimmy Hoffa. Just to clarify, Derek. Mm, was it uh, okay? Well, yeah, so that was my question. Is it yeah? Right, right. Did not travel around with a dead body. That'd be weird. So be yeah. So we're gonna get to that and kind of kind of his story here in a minute. Uh, Bible verse for the day: Philippians four eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We're going to, we're going to kind of talk about that in in the interview, kind of taking that positive, uplifting, optimistic spin on things as we approach life. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So that'll be referenced. You need more of that. You need to kind of do that more often. Be more positive. Um, All those things. I just give you a kind of a laundry list. All the whole list. I need the whole list. How about just choose one? Just choose one of those. Mm, Whatever is lovely. I mean, you know, your (laughs) smile is just so lovely. You know? Okay. So think about those things. I know. It's it's hard. That gives me nightmares. I want nightmares, Carl. (laughs) Okay. All right. So without further ado, um, actually, no, we've got, I've got a little more ado because this is another interview that uh, I was able to conduct again without... Derek. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought, I'm glad we are bringing this up because what he's going to do here is say, you know, Derek, you missed this interview. And I'm going to say, nay, nay, I did not. Because what happened was, yes, you did. You weren't a part of the interview. No, I wasn't, but I'll tell you why. I have a good reason because I get this email uh, that he sends, you know, he's like, Hey, Nathan, uh, here's the times uh, that I'm free. Uh, let me know what works for you. You know, and there's right. no mention of Derek. Hey, Derek, what's your availability? Hey, right. Derek, what works for you? Right. So then they just pick a time and I just got to kind of deal with it, which I couldn't deal with it. So, yeah, uh, you know, you guys make the call now. You know, okay. is, uh, you know, is that more cat behavior or dog behavior? You, you tell me. 
So. Uh, def- definitely included you on the emails, and you know what? We can just add no, that. You to your included list me on the email. You, you, I got the email. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, feel free to respond. There, there's buttons called Good reply and reply all they're like they have those buttons well so. you kind of had it all ironed out like uh here's what i'm good with i don't know i, yeah. I was thinking before you sent it to him you'd be like hey let's right. come up with some like no cohesive time no together. you do not respond to stuff so i was not going to waste time doing that so it's my fault you know we guys, will, it's we'll, my fault i'll tell you after the after the show today I'll, I'll show you where those buttons are the reply and the reply all button on your on your no need without further ado you got nathan Pettyjohn. here we go So I'm here with Nathan Pettyjohn, author, explorer, adventurer, dog lover, vagabond. Is that all correct? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming on the show. So um, yeah, so where are you from and um, what would you be, like what would you consider to be your outdoor stomping grounds? Uh, well, I grew up in Oklahoma, so I had some stomping grounds there. I was a Boy okay. Scout and outdoor stuff there, but I moved to California Los Angeles in like Christmas 2008. Okay. Um, so like 12 years been out here. I've done a lot of like solo trips to other countries. Um, so I like doing that kind of stuff, but okay. yeah, I mean this, this RV thing was pretty new to me. I, my dad had an RV uh, motorhome whenever I was a kid for a few years, but yeah, I mean, I love doing that, but um, it had been a long time and this kind of a lifestyle was, was new to me. Yeah. And obviously moving from Oklahoma to California and not just California, but like the Los Angeles area, that's, I mean, it's a pretty big culture shock, isn't it? It's definitely a huge difference. And, you know, I think this new book is part of it is kind of about the disillusionment of how I feel about Los Angeles and my my constant want to get out of here. That is interesting. Cause I grew, I didn't grow up in Los Angeles area, but I grew up in the orange County area, a little bit South of, of you. And I think, yeah, I felt boxed in by the, the environment, just the kind of the urbanness. And so typically by spring, I was like, I need to get to the mountains or get out of here, you know, one way or another. So I totally, I totally connect with that for sure. Uh, okay. So yeah, so you kind of made the reference to the RV and taking the RV and just like heading out. It's kind of, kind of like the starting point, I guess, of this book. Is that fair to say? Yes. Diving a little bit deeper. So what inspired you to, to hit the road and undertake this journey? tons of things I'm sure inspired. Like I say in the book that I had just gone through a breakup and wanted to get out of town mm-hmm. and, I, and I had just gotten a dog. So the idea of like taking a, a big German shepherd on a plane somewhere didn't sound fun or right. leaving, a, leaving a puppy for a few weeks didn't sound like the right thing to do. So uh, RV just seemed like something I could bring the dog. We'd have fun, just be us. I've done, like I said, some backpacking and hiking stuff, but I'm a little less rugged than you guys probably. <laughs> I appreciate having a bed and a, a fridge. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And I would not describe Derek as rugged at all. So I think, you, yeah, there's definitely okay. a connection there. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my my favorite book when I was growing up uh, was a biography of Will Rogers. Oh, who yeah. Who grew up you know, nearby where I did, uh, near Tulsa. And okay. His whole life, like every chapter, there's a biography by Ben Yagoda about him that was just one of my favorite things ever. And, you know, there's just all this adventure and experiences and all these different time frames of, you know, from silent films and radio uh, to like, you know, doing stuff on stage. And he was just, he, he wrote for newspapers. He's just a real interesting guy. It's kind of like Mark Twain has all these quotes about, you know, just everything you can right. attribute to Will Rogers. But, you know, part of his journey, you know, like he went to Argentina to try to be a cowboy uh, he was doing cattle drives from Texas mm. to California back when, you know, before there was like a railroad that was taking all that cattle before right. there was like fences up. So they were just like camping out, eating beans every night, uh, you know, driving the cattle. And I don't know, just a lot about his lifestyle and what he saw during, you know, those years um, before technology and cars and everything really took on. So I don't know. I, I romanticized that a bit. Um, mm-hmm. He's always been a hero. But, you know, I'd, I've always liked traveling and just kind of like the adventure of uh, seeing new places. And again, my, my dog being a puppy at the time, he was like eight, nine months old. Right. But, but he's still, he'd only seen like stuff here in Los Angeles, which as you mentioned, is kind of boxed in. Mm-hmm. And, and there's not just like a lot of places for him to go off leash or anything. So the idea of taking a dog 
while you're still training him and he's still a puppy and showing him, you know, just like how many awesome open places there are and just exploring the countryside was a lot of fun. Just even like seeing it through his eyes. Right. Right. You mentioned like this just concept of adventure and romanticizing it. And this adventure was like relatively unplanned and you just kind of were, I don't know, like the sense I got from, from reading was just, you were kind of going with the flow and, and uh, seeing where things took you that like unplanned nature, was that intentional or is that just kind of like part of who you are? I think it's intentional and part of who I am. A lot of the trips that I've taken by myself have been pretty last minute. I'll usually lock down like where I'm going to stay or if I need to get a car or a flight or some basics. But with this trip in the RV, like probably two or three weeks of just kind of like ideation and then pulling the trigger and then out on the road Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I selected two of the stops where I'd stay ahead of time, but otherwise I, I thought it was crucial to just figure out where I was going to sleep each night. Just kind of like when I was tired of driving and wanted to park somewhere, I would definitely encourage that. I think over itinerizing it, if that's a word, is just (laughs) not the way to go. Right. And I think the thought of, of having an itinerary is very comforting for people. And so it is a step out of their comfort zone to to do it kind of the way that you did it generally probably freaks some people out, to be honest. Um, no, I mean, everything with an RV is a lot easier than it would be backpacking or something. So, I mean, you're kind of self-contained and, you know, it's a lot easier to feel like safe and comfortable pretty much anywhere. Like you could even just park at a, a Walmart or something, you know? Right. So, I mean, there's a lot that about the RV trip that I think is just a, l- a little easier to deal with than, you know, if you went backpacking without a plan, it might be a little different. I think true... In most regards, but there was a part of the story that I was, uh, I would describe as not easier, basically. So, um, and this was like, I was just trying to put myself in your shoes. So I think you were in Montana and you, um, like it was colder. I forget what month it was. I want to say, was it October? Uh-huh. But, and so you had like, like you're trying to uh, like dump the sewage from your RV and it was right. frozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, hmm, frozen sewage. How do you handle that situation? And and you said it was full, so it wasn't like you could just like wait till it warmed up or anything. And so so that was like just that was something I learned. Is am I correct in saying like you poured a lot of boiling water down the toilet? <laughs> yeah, there was uh when I parked in Bozeman, Montana, there was a guy parked at the spot next to me because I, I parked there at an RV park. So there was other people there. And this guy was out there trying to dump his tanks too. And so he, you know, he had gone through his were frozen also. And I was like, right. Everything on mine was frozen. Like the propane, you know, section was frozen. I broke that handle. Right. Um, bro- <laughs> a few things just snapped off because it was so frozen shut. Right. Um, or you were just super strong. One of the two. Yeah, both. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I asked that guy, I was like, how did, you know, what do you suggest? And he said that he had just been boiling water and pouring it down his sink. Um, so I tried that. And after a, about 15 minutes or so of trying that, that finally worked and I was able to drain the tanks. So, okay. Yeah, so you went, of, oh, it was in your sink. It wasn't down the toilet then is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the RVs well enough. I just, I was thinking like sewage, that's where it goes. So I'm just imagining like pots of water just being dumped into the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, <laughs> I, you know, I'm still kind of a newbie at, at RVs still, but uh, I think that there's a delineation between like, what they call a black tank and a gray tank. Right. The black tank, black tank is from the toilet and the gray tank is from the shower and the mm-hmm. sink. Um, so you do the, you, you dump the black tank first and then the gray tank to like wash everything out. So I think okay. there was some some rationale behind oh, the tank okay. we ported in. Black tank, not a brown or yellow tank. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, I just I like that part of the story. I found that really interesting. I was like, yeah, what would I do in that situation? So sounds like you were just kind of observing and learning. The other thing you mentioned was that okay, so you brought your dog Hoffa. Am I saying am I pronouncing your dog's name correctly? Yes. Okay. There was a part of the story where you were talking about kind of like the basic training, but by the time you hit the road, you still had a puppy with you, how well trained was Hoffa when you left? Not very. Okay. Um, you know, he understands certain phrases and know what they mean, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, especially just even that first stop in Zion was just a headache. Like I mentioned in the book, I brought him on some trails. You have to have him on a leash. You're right. supposed to really take a dog on most of the trails there. But uh, mm-hmm. he was pulling and he wanted to say hi to people. And right. the trails were just so busy. You know, I felt like I was at like Disneyland of just like a line oh, yeah. of people to go up to take the same picture. Like everybody's standing at the same spot, taking turns, <laughs> you know, like holding the camera for other people and stuff. Right. You know, and I was just like, man, there's thousands of beautiful places in the United States that you can go, you know, explore without having to stand in such a line. So like as much as I love the national parks, that was kind of my takeaway from Zion. The first stop was like, we need to go to some BLM land. We need to get off the grid. I want to go on a hike where it's just us um, right. and I can let the dog off leash. So once I was able to do that, now the dog and I had a pretty awesome adventure for like three and a half weeks of him off leash exploring new places and can't think of anything like really bad he did or, you know, anything training wise. There's good and bad from bringing the dog. Like if you're taking a solo trip, like I was like, the dog is great company. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, they're loving, happy creatures. It's not like he was ever like in a bad mood during the trip or anything. He was always, (laughs) he was always happy with wherever we went. And even if, you know, he really loved one spot and we left, you know, he wasn't like complaining that we didn't stay longer or anything. Right. So it's just in terms of company, you know, on a trip or otherwise, just during COVID and stuff, like dogs are great. He's also a big reason why, like, I exercise. You know, there's some sure days that I wouldn't go outside if I didn't have a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking, he needs to run like twice a day just to like be a decent, <laughs> like not jumping on things and stuff. <laughs> right, right. Stir crazy. To settle him um, down for sure. Yeah. And one, one other thing I'd say was like, dogs are kind of like social lubricant. Like if you want to meet new people and stuff, the dog is a nice icebreaker. You know, even Mm -hmm. if he runs up to someone, even in my neighborhood here, like most of my neighbors know the dog and they all want to say hi to him. And before I got this dog, I'm not sure how many of those neighbors I knew by name. I think there's a Will Rogers quote where it's like, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he says something like, if dogs don't go to heaven, then when I die, send me where they went. (laughs) <laughs> i've not heard that quote <laughs> that is funny yeah it's you know they are icebreakers for sure and they can be kind of you know the social centerpiece at times and you know when you kind of if you ever have the social awkwardness run out of things to talk about i suppose yeah yeah we haven't really done an episode on bringing the dog with you but i know a lot of backpackers do not necessarily in the national parks like you're saying but more on the blm land or the the national forest and so, and you know, so forth. Are you finding for the most part that when you're bringing your dog out there, not everybody's a dog lover, but even if you're not a dog lover, there's not a ton of dog haters out there. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, a German shepherd in particular, like he's a little intimidating to some people or some people have like bad memories of, or bad experience with a dog like that or something. So there were people that were standoffish about him, especially if I wanted him to be off leash. A lot of the people that I saw in RVs with dogs, it's generally like older people and they'd have like a small dog. You're not taking that dog on like a, a hike or something. Right, so right, right, right. They're just like driving him around in an RV. And I should say like, based on you know the title of the book and everything, it's a, I was inspired obviously by uh, John Steinbeck's book, Travels with Charlie, mm-hmm. where he you know, 1960 did a a three month road trip with his dog, like a a poodle named Charlie. You know, he talks a lot about that too, of just, you know, why dogs can be good social lubricants or, you know, good company. I I like the connection, first of all. Yeah, the social lubricant, that's how I like that phrase. Definitely have had that, you know, experience out on the trail. I think that one of the things that can possibly cause some, some dog grumpiness or some maybe dog controversy, if you will, is that the off leash, the way that you do it, I suppose. So, so where do you like, like there's obviously areas where the dog, you can just let the dog go, or you're just so far away from society. Like it doesn't even matter. You just, you know, the dog just off leash doesn't matter. Places like national parks or like well-established trail systems. Most of them have like, you know, the, the leash law in effect. So where do you stand on all that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't train their dogs well, so I think it's probably all for the best. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like having, rules about littering or other things that are protecting our national parks. So I think on the you know the grand scheme of things, it's good. And I, I didn't take them off leash very much in the parks. I think Yosemite, there was, there's one trail that dogs are allowed on that was not very busy. So every time it was just us, I'd let them off leash. But when mm. I saw another, when I saw another group or family, I just put them back on the leash or something. Okay. But most of the spots that I tried to stay at were all just us. Like we traveled in, through October a lot of the uh, campgrounds and parks are they're closing for the year or the season, right. at least the ones that I went to. I remember Ennis, Montana, the one by Diamond Lake in Oregon. 
a few others where I was the only person at the entire campground, even the right. one in uh, Salt Lake City. You know, those places, even though they were campgrounds and there was like parking for RVs, I was the only one there. There's a few other places that we stayed. There was like a, a day use only fishing spot where I, I stayed in Montana too. Like around midnight, the cops came to tell me I wasn't supposed to park there. But uh, <laughs> Were you asleep at that point? <laughs> it, I mean, it's in the book. It's, a, okay. it's an interesting story. But when I ran into those cops, I say in the book, it was a sheriff's department. We had like a back and forth and they were really nice to me um, and told me I could stay the night. And, oh, okay. uh, and I mentioned I was, I write, I write, you know, for Forbes and a few other things. And uh, one of the sheriffs asked me, he said, like, are you going to write about this trip? And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. And I, I hadn't thought about it until that point. And that was about halfway through the trip. And then the next day I started, you know, taking some notes and writing down some of the exchange I had with the sheriffs. And then, you know, like a few days later, I wrote down some more stuff. And then I started kind of just journaling a little bit and taking more notes of the trip. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until someone asked me if I would write about it that I even considered it. So it wasn't the goal of the trip, but it was therapeutic for a lot of reasons. Like I... I liked being able to just put down on paper a lot of my, it, it's just kind of like, here's what happened for three weeks. And it's not like a heavy, dense kind of book. It's pretty light reading. Mm-hmm. But I, I was also able to like pepper in there some of my philosophy on, you know, certain things or what my opinions are. I even wrote it during quarantine. So I got to relive it a little bit. So I guess my point is just that like, you know, whether you d- intend to publish it or not, like if you're out on a trip or exploring or you know, by yourself, it could be good just therapeutically to just write down your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I always get a lot out of that, whether you're trying to publish it or not. Yeah, I'm curious. That's a really good point. I'm curious how many people actually do that, like whether they're out on the road or out on the trail, whether they are actually, you know, actively journaling or, you know, because a lot of times when you're hiking, you know, especially especially when you're alone or when you're traveling alone, you just have a lot of time for reflection. You're not as distracted. Your mind can be a lot more clear. And so you might come to conclusions or reflections that you might not normally come to. And so just kind of putting those thoughts down to, to revisit at a later time. Like I've done that a little bit, but yeah, I should probably do that more often. So that's actually really good advice. And, and just, it's so, it's so funny how you have like the random encounter with law enforcement and, and then that encounter inspires basically the book, you know, that that actually happened. I think that's kind of one of the more, I don't know, like for me, that's like, it's fun to have those encounters where you, where these, it's almost like these momentary encounters and you're not expecting them. You're not planning on them, but for whatever reason, and you might not, you know, you're not gonna ever see that person again, but they have a, an impact on your life. For me, yeah, some of the, the, the nuggets I take away from some of these journeys. Okay, so getting back to your, to your dog, Hoffa. So you mentioned fun companion to have along, kind of seeing the world through, through Hoffa's eyes. So besides the, like the companionship side of things, how did Hoffa play a big role in, in like your story or in your journey? Well, he was my co-pilot. Um, mm. He played a huge role. I wanted the same things for me that I wanted for him, you know, in terms of I didn't want to just be in a city or surrounded by people. I say near the end of the book, because my first job when I was, when I moved to LA was uh, I was an assistant to a producer, a film producer. Mm-hmm. And, we had, and we had a bunch of show ideas. We're still friends. His name's Robert. Uh, he's a great guy. And one of the projects that we had developed together, it never got made, but it was like an idea for a show called Pet Bucket List. And <laughs> it was kind of like uh, like the the evolution of the show. Like it, it wasn't supposed to be like about a dying dog that's going on his last hurrah or something. Right. Because you know, that would be pretty depressing to watch. But like people with their pets that could, you know, like take them the you know sizzle kind of ideas were just like a dog you know goes to a michelin star restaurant and has like a fancy steak with a bib on or goes goes to like a water park or goes hang gliding or you know like things that i could totally see someone you know sharing that online so we thought it was a really cute idea and i had worked on it for a little while the way that we we thought of it was like almost kind of the same thing of what I did with my dog. Like he's nine months old and I want to show him just an awesome time, you know, show right. him what's, what's outside of this city of leashes and rules and fences. So this idea of bucket lists, I think should be seen more like that where it's like, mm-hmm. you say, yes, you do it right now. You don't put it off to like the way that we generally think of bucket lists of like, after I retire, you know, right before I die, I'm going to go do all these things that I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I prefer to just go off and, you know, pull the trigger and say yes and go do these things while I can. I thought that that was, you know, a big thing that that idea and the dog both kind of kept reminding me about because every day was my dog's like the best day of his life. Right. And I mentioned the movie Office Space. There's a scene where Ron Livingston, the actor, goes to a a therapist. It's like a couple's counseling. Mm-hmm. And, he, and uh, he's telling the therapist, like, every day is the worst day of my life. It's like, <laughs> yes, yesterday was the worst day of my life. <laughs> now today is. And, and tomorrow will be. Tomorrow will be, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, you know, I say, like, I, obviously there's exceptions and tragedy, but you know, in many cases, every day can be the best day of your life too. In some respects, like you could, you can have the best day of your life and then have the best day again tomorrow. And I really felt like my dog was having the best day of his life every single day. I should be as happy as this dog, you know, that we're out here, you know, seeing the stars, having this fire, like just enjoying the moment. Right. Um, So I think the dog, the dog helped me remember all these things that, you know, should be important. And yeah, it sounds like changed your perspective in some ways. I, I think, you know, a lot of ways people are going to find what they're looking for or what they're expecting, right? So if you're expecting to have the worst day of your life, you're going to find the reasons why it is the worst day of your life. But if you are looking at the day, trying to find why this day is just awesome, then you're going to find reasons why the day is awesome, right? It's, it's in that perspective. And so, yeah. and having, you know, the right perspective or the right balance and things is, is part of it. It's not always easy to do. It's easier to say than to actually do, but it sounds like, you know, that's Hoffa helped you along that in that perspective. You mentioned that show, <laughs> the pet bucket list, and then you gave some examples of what could be in the show. And you just got my mind thinking, I'm like, is there any hope for that show? That show, that show sounds awesome. <laughs> is there any way you can make the show? I guess is my question. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've sent it to a few people, but uh, okay. I don't know. I think my uh, skill set is more in coming up with the idea than selling it. Oh yeah. And so. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Like I've got a million ideas, but I'm not the person to actually like follow through with stuff. So I was just thinking like, you know, take the dog scuba diving, you know, like you, yep. you mentioned the hang gliding. I'm like the dog does not have the desire necessarily to do this because he does not know about these things, but to see the reaction or just to even see the dog in the restaurant. Like that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back to your story. So like you sound pretty reflective and kind of in the same, same vein as, you know, as Derek and I kind of just trying to pull things from experiences and learning and so on. So what would you say like one of the, the main life lessons you're able to take away from your travels? You know, I'd like to say that I got back to LA and, you know, had learned some big lesson and, you know, it stayed with me, but it's like wherever you go, there you are, right? It's like, right. I, uh, you know, I get back home and I'm back in the same routines as before and kind of fall into the same traps. And I guess, I guess, you know, just the people just getting to meet like down to earth, like real people that, um, not to say that people in LA aren't real, but they're usually, you know, there's a lot of people here that are just looking for uh, fame or money or, you know, success or, you know, cutthroat kind of stuff. Right. Um, Right. When you're traveling somewhere like Montana or something, it's just you meet a lot of good folks that you know they can just tell stories and you know they have no intention other than just like having a good time and you know being nice to each other and stuff. So, I mean, your life has been kind of the opposite of my life, where you start off in Oklahoma, where people are, from, at least from my experience in Oklahoma, more genuine, and then you go to LA, where you like what you're talking about, like everything's fast paced and there's you know they define success different ways. And I started there and felt like, man, I don't fit in here. So then I moved to Colorado and Colorado is a bit of a mix, a mishmash, but there's more people like you're describing the ones from Montana where they're like just genuine and they're happy to help you and they're not looking for anything in return. And so like understanding that the, the world that you live in is not necessarily representative of the world that's around you, I guess. So yeah, I like the way you said it better, but (laughs) I, I mean, when I grew up in Oklahoma, my my dad was, you know, like he was the kind of guy that if someone's broken down on the side of the road, he would a hundred percent of the time pull over and help them, you know, like those kind of people, people exactly. in o- Oklahoma are salt of the earth. Like I love those yeah. people. They're always so nice and right. yeah, big cities. It's obviously not going to be like that. Right. Okay. So I got some rapid fire questions for you. I've tried rapid fire a couple times and it doesn't always end up rapid, <laughs> but we're going to try. Um, what was one of the strangest things you ate? when you're out on the road? 
I guess one that stands out, it wasn't really weird, but um, St. Regis, Montana, there's a place that says they have the world's best huckleberry shake. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I can't say they were wrong. Like, it was Ooh. the best huckleberry shake I've ever had. And I, you know, not that I'd ever really had much huckleberry, but right. I, didn't, I didn't know that I was missing out on it until I tried it. <laughs> I like the huckleberries. I think I've been to three places that have claimed that, but so I'll have to try that one. <laughs> yeah, it is really uh, good. That's okay. And then um, what would be the first state that you'd revisit? I love Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite places. I, I'd been there the year before actually uh, tent camping with a couple of buddies. So I really fell in love with Montana. It's just everything about it. I wouldn't go there right now because it's a little too cold. Right. Um, but like spring, summer, early oh, fall, yeah. that's my place. That's one of my favorite states. I'm, I'm with you on that one. When you were in Washington, did you ever come across a sleeping pad lying on the side of the road? Uh, yeah, I got that for you. <laughs> That's Derek's. That is not mine. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, all right, last question. Did you pack pajama bottoms? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. I think I, I brought um, all sorts of clothes. Okay. Well, and you, you know, he had the space. That, that's, that makes more sense. Yeah. All right. You just bring the all whole right. wardrobe. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question I got. We always, anytime we have anybody on that's, that's got something going on out there, um, tell, just tell us about your book anything, or anything else you'd like to promote. This is your chance to, to share where we can find your book and you know, how we can connect with you aside from the podcast. Well, my book is Travels with Hoffa. It's on Amazon and most of the sites. My name is Nathan Pettyjohn. So if you just Google me. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll are- put, we've got it in the show description too. We'll have a link for that too. Yeah, so I mean, there are other Nathan Pettyjohns, but because I do digital <laughs> marketing, I've I've pushed my stuff way up above all theirs. So if you Google me, I'm I'm the only one you'll find. Um, <laughs> but that, yeah, that'll have links to the book and to uh, my social media and to uh, my Forbes column. And yeah, there's some there's some articles there that I think the outdoor you you know your kind of crowd will be into about like getting off social media and why mm-hmm. you should go outside and those kind of things. So I'm a very, very big advocate of just cut the cord, get off social media, go outside. Absolutely. All right. Well, Nathan, man, we really appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your adventures. And um, you definitely gave us a lot of things for uh, for Derek and I to think about and to discuss. So we will get to that. But again, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. It's awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, my friend, travels with Hoffa. Nathan Pettijohn, what would you think of that? Eddie John, he had a he had a very thorough, um, very you know, uh, just a lot of good detail about um, him and his dog. Uh, clearly, his best friend, right? In a lot of ways, as man's. He best didn't friend say that, dog. so I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume that, but maybe. Well, you know, man's best friend. That's why. I'm, that's where I'm going with that. I mean, I would like to think that we established a good friendship during the interview. So I, I think I'm top no. three. He clearly hated you. <laughs> okay. Clearly. Did not gel with you. No. It seemed like a really nice guy. Um, And uh, I don't know. Would you go on a road trip with with a dog for that long and write a book about it? I don't see you doing that. I just admire his... uh, I mean, if I, you know, had the opportunity to write a book, then yeah, I'm all in. Would I go just with the dog? I I think that... Yeah, man, I'm pretty needy with um, wanting to be around people. So I think I could do the dog thing for a while as long as I had, you know, checkpoints or areas I can hit that I knew. Like, let's say you were part of the journey. Like, I'm like, I'm going to swing by Southern California and visit Derek. Then, yeah, hmm. I could probably pull that off. All right. So if it was just me and the dog the whole time, it was just kind of like, you know, like no itinerary, kind of kind of structured the way he structured it. I don't know that I'm built for that. How about you? No, I don't know if I could do that. That's not my thing, but it's definitely, I know people who are like that for sure. It's definitely something they really enjoy doing, you know. And and again, it's like maybe you don't want to fully be alone, but you want the solitude of not being around people for a while and so right. bring your pet. That right. works. I get it. I want to be alone sometimes too. So you do. Props yeah. to him and just grabbing the RV and going out there and hitting the road. I mean, I think that's for sure. great. For sure. Yeah. And and some really interesting reflections as well. So so Derek, the way that you introduced me today you brought up the phrase that the nathan used social lubrication and i think love it love it hung on to that phrase love it you know nathan i love that you said social lubricant it's not something that i'm going to normally say in normal conversation but i'm definitely going to say it to tease carl and that's worth it any any fodder i can get to bug carl i'm going to use it so wait why does that bother that's his term that he came up with he coined the phrase why is that bothering me it's going to bug you because everything that i say 
Well, 90% of it is going to bother you if I say it the right way. <laughs> so I'm going to use this phrase and just say it the way that I know how. Okay. And love you. So I, I'm just thankful, really. So, the, so it's interesting. So, the, you know, you, you, you brought up the, like, bringing a dog along on the journey and stuff. And I think a right. lot of people go backpacking with dogs. A lot of people go road tripping with dogs. We, we don't really talk about Wait, wait, wait. About... You think people do that? You're not, you're not sure? Yeah, I, I don't have stats. I don't you have, have stats for everything made up and real. And you're telling okay. me you can't, you're not sure people go on trips with dogs. I think I've got more made up stats than real stats. But I'm not, that's, I, don't, the, I don't even have those. There right it is. Now. There it is, folks. There yeah. it is. There it is. <laughs> But that's something that we don't talk about a lot. And yeah, do you think in general, like, do you think that, you know, bringing a pet, specifically a dog, improves the experience, improves the adventure? Yeah. I think if I'm going to bring a pet, it would be probably a dog. Like, I'm not going to bring a snake or a crab. Or a, you know what I mean? Like, I have a pet crab. Am I going to bring him on my trip? Probably not. Right. So, okay. yeah, I think the dog is the perfect animal to bring in my opinion you know your ability to comprehend my comprehend my question sometimes is questionable at best uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a little bit off the rails there so what do you want to know carl what are you, what are you getting okay so he brought the you know he kind of went to areas that were very remote and he had his dog off a leash a lot right. of the time and this that's actually a relatively controversial topic so right. what's your stance on you know dogs off leash on or off the trail just yeah what do you think well, I know you're going to not like this, but like, I'm not like a big, obviously I don't have a dog. I'm not like one way or the other. I'm kind of whatever about it, but I okay. will say if there are a lot of people around and that's the subjective, a lot of people, then no, I don't think you should have it off the leash, but right. I have been to many places where it's very, I don't know, like some beaches by my house, people let their dogs run around. Um, I've been backpacking not backpacking. I've been um, day hiking and hiking with our dog from the past. Uh, and we put him off leash too, but there was, you know, it's so remote. So if, right. if it's remote, whatever. Like, I think if you have control of your dog and he's not going to run away, then go for it. But I think it's just, it's discernment. You know, I think people sometimes overestimate how good their dog might be on occasion. Correct. Correct. So I think the better route is to probably leash the dog if you know you're going to be seeing people i would just say leash the dog okay that's, that's my input i think i'm going to agree with you i i think it's fun to have the dog off leash there's obviously dog parks where you can do that or if you're in a remote area i say go for yeah. it but if you're going to be around people i'll i'll say that i think um twice i almost crashed my mountain bike because a dog an off leash mm. dog was like running into it or running near it and yeah. then frequently i'll be out on my local trails and the and dogs are off leash all the time there Okay. And as I'm running, the dog will like run into my legs, just almost like a, like a football, take the legs out kind of oh. thing. And uh, the, the common response is kind of referring to what you're saying. My dog never does that. I'm so sorry. I, uh, right, right. Yeah. So incorrect. First of all, your dog does that a lot because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because it happens a lot to me and every day. And, and so I think what you're saying, like people overestimate. So I think, yeah, as long as I remember, that's fine. But when you're backpacking, it's so tempting to just kind of, you know, pull that, that leash off and just let the dog be free. And if you're off trail remote area, like, and the dog is, you know, well-trained, I say, go for it. But other than that, no, thank you. No, thank you is my take. So mm. what's your, what's your normal response to that when a dog runs into your legs? Are you like, Oh, Oh, no, no, no. Or are you, kinda, <laughs> do you, do you lay into the owner? Or are you like, look, man, stick your dog on the leash. Yeah. I do a but, podcast and I'll talk about it. You know, like, oh, I was, yeah, it's a fair question. I'm not going to sit there and reprimand anybody. Um, I just want to keep. I just want to keep going and hope that I'm not going to get injured. But I will say that there was a time that I was a volunteer, just kind of like as a like as they call it volunteer park patroller. So I'm not, you know, like I'm not handing out tickets or anything. But I'm supposed to Ooh, inform. This is right up your alley. This is right up your alley. <laughs> I'm supposed to reform. I'm, I'm really supposed to reprimand people because the number one issue was like leash unleashed dogs. And so if I was not on patrol, like I wouldn't say anything, but if I was on patrol, I felt compelled to like, be like, Hey, just, you know, I almost crashed my mountain bike because of your um, negligence. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, 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 you, you can't give tickets out when you're on quote unquote patrol. I mean, right. are you, do you have any sort of like identification or, or am I going to run into you and you're just going to be like some rando guy telling me to put my dog on a leash? No, you like have are you asking for like a badge? Yeah, you get a badge, <laughs> a sticker. Get a sticker. I anyway. had a shirt with a patch. Oh, a patch. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. 
It was pretty big. Yeah. There were some, there was definitely some advantages to it. And really what they did was like, like if they didn't have a leash or they said they didn't have a leash, I would, I had extra leashes. I'd pass them out. And then if a ranger came by and was like, Hey, you need to put your dog on a leash. And if they pulled out one of those leashes that were passed out by one of the patrollers, then the ranger knew, Oh, this person's already been warned. And so they would actually be more likely to ticket them is kind of how that. Ah, yeah. I, see. So, I don't know how interesting that is or how this relates, but um, thanks for asking. Appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more, th- one more topic that came up during the interview that I want to talk to you about is uh, the pet bucket list show. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What would you put on the pet bucket list show if they actually got that off the ground? What would I put? Yeah. Like what event? We'll say. Well, I have a pet crab right now. Are you being serious? I'm being serious. Like a hermit crab? Like a hermit crab. That's okay. what we got. What would I put on that pet bucket list? I think my answer would be, uh, I don't care. That's really difficult. Obstacle courses. We will often <laughs> take him outside. And uh, we have a sandy area in our in our backyard. And we'll right. let him run around. Yeah. And uh, we'll give him obstacle courses. So okay. I think that would be on a crab's bucket list. Okay. Maybe it's torture. I don't know. I think that this is why Nathan is would be more you know in charge of like pitching the show versus you because I think you can just bring them in the backyard and do that. I think if you want to go obstacle courses, I think you got to go big. Like we're talking like this is a TV show, man. So you got to take the pet crab to like the Ninja Warrior course and set up some sort of a sling where it could kind of work its way through wow. the Ninja Warrior course. Wow, Ninja Warrior crabs. Yes, that would be claws out, Carl. Claws out. Claws out. Correct. So. Right. Uh, we just really thank Nathan Pettyjohn, uh, for coming on and sharing about his book. Like I said, we were just excited to have an author on this. Our first time having an author on the show and just getting his perspective, different kind of journey for sure. But you know, we're open to all sorts of adventures here on the backpacking and blisters podcast. So indeed we are. Yeah. So thank you, Nathan. And, uh, you got some trivia? Uh, yeah, I got some trivia for you, buddy, but we're going to do it right after this. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I have three questions for you. Okay. Let's see how knowledgeable you are about. We got questions about road trips, dogs, mm. authors, mm. you know, yeah, you know, relates. we're going like to see what, what, you know. You've grown a lot. You used to make just random trivia that did not relate to the topic. Now you're, you're making it happen, man. I, I'm only doing it to appease you, though. Thank you. Okay, Thank so you. Uh, question one. Uh, how many miles per year does the average person go when they are going on uh, any kind of road trip or trip anywhere, maybe to the store, 
when you when you tally up all of these all this distance carl what's the average amount of distance mileage wise okay. uh, the per the average person goes per year okay so like how much how many miles on average are they putting on their vehicle is that the question yeah all right or yeah i think by i think by the uh the, like car manufacturers estimates i want to say it's like twelve thousand. Mm, no no it's about 15 i believe and maybe okay. that's a way California off. thing, but way off. Fifteen thousand, but the answer was like fourteen five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say no for that. But uh, well, you said so. You said it's fifteen thousand, but no, it's fourteen five. I'm not understanding. The the California is fifteen thousand. Okay. From one the last time I checked, which yeah. was actually recently, and then uh, the answer to this was fourteen five. So that might depend and vary state to state. Let's say I live in like Minnesota, and you know I don't get out that much, and. Uh, Wait, maybe what? I don't drive they don't that get out. Far. They get a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's snowing. Maybe I stay okay. in my house more. Maybe gotcha. it's uh, COVID nineteen. I stay in my house more. I don't know. I feel like if I said fourteen four, you would have still said incorrect. Well, it's kind of like Price is Right. You know, okay. you can't overbid. That's you know, but that would be under, underbidding. So <laughs> yeah, I guess never mind. No, you would, you would probably make it to the showcase showdown in that case. Okay, so Thank you're good. You. Um, number two, how many dog books? are on sale on Amazon currently. <laughs> I'll give you a buffer of like 10,000. <laughs> uh, there's no way I would know come this. On, oh come on, come you, on. You know, you say you How love many dogs. dogs. Now you're a dog lover. Amazon has books that were, have been, you know, out of publication forever. So exactly. If you're yeah. a dog lover. You know this stuff. Okay. I'm going to, I'll say, uh, 450,000. <laughs> <laughs> 70,000 about okay. give or take 70,000. Okay. So close. So O for two. Uh, these are big can't believe i didn't know that one what, you're missing man. big points i was yeah. gonna give you like multiple choice on that and then i was like you know what i kind of want to watch him struggle and see <laughs> what it comes up with yeah nathan said at one point his book maybe it currently is or was number one in its category so there you go yeah i'd be curious to know what category that is right okay last question yes uh, of all the dog books out there what mm. is the best i'm gonna give you multiple choice don't worry okay. what is the highest ranked dog book written is it like ever ever written this is from the survey i found so okay. uh, maybe it's changed but is it a dog's purpose is it a dog's journey or is it a dog's social lubrication <laughs> i thought you were gonna say uh homework bound well no i did not is, say homework okay. bound. i don't know is that did you want me book? to say homework bound or I, homeward bound anything where dogs have a voice like a human voice I think is success right there so <laughs> uh, uh, simple mind simple pleasure a okay. a dog's something the dog's purpose good job yeah. buddy yeah okay. i All thought right. you were gonna say journey but uh one for three not bad okay. failing but pass. um pass credit partial credit partial nice credit. job okay. Um, do you have any tidbits for us today? I got a few. So we are going to go ahead and uh, record our BMB Radio Volume 2. Volume 2. If you're interested, why don't you email me? I've got the email in the, the show notes, the show mm -hmm. description. We're going to record on a Sunday afternoon. So if you're yeah. passionate about football, it might not be for you. And we, we're going to have, I think, an hour-long slot. So I'm not, I'm not sure how many people will be able to take, maybe six or seven. 1.30 p.m. Pacific time, December 20th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And rumor has it, my daughter may be calling in as well. I don't what? know. Yeah. She okay. might make an appearance. The great eight year old Riley might okay. be making well, a call. So stay stuff. tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. So, one, so again, uh, December 20th, one thirty, And then if that works for you, just go ahead and email me. So, so be kind of between one thirty and two thirty, and we'll just kind of fill in the slots and you'll have to have access to headphones and um, a computer that works relatively reliably along with internet and we'll, we'll be using Zoom to do that, just so you know. Last thing about the B&B Radio episode, this time we're going to have you, fellow adventurers, anybody who's willing to come on, what do you want to talk about? You, so you provide the question, uh, you provide the comment, reaction to episode, whatever you want to talk about, and we will have chat. Zoom it. So, so that's, Sounds that's, good. Yeah, so there you go. So that's one tidbit. Uh, next one I've got is... 
it's been a few weeks since I've kind of updated the reviews. I, we put out mm. there that we were looking for more reviews and people, we got a few, which is awesome. You know, like I said, we don't get a ton, but we got a few. So I just want to point right. out, let's see, we got to let's choose one to uh, reward out of our random gearbox. How about and that? And these are just no, these are reviews you did not create on your own and make up. I think I'm only allowed to do that once and, and then you have to have like different logins if I really want to do that. So these are, these are uh, different. These oh, are different I, I thought I meant like, did you just write it down on a piece of paper and you're going to read it? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could have done that, huh? I could self promote if we want to, but you know what? I'm not that kind of guy there. Oh, I thought you were going to so. mock me in the, in the, uh, Never mind. You know, I, I don't think you know where I'm going. We, we I got I got three. Did, or have okay. I read the one from Doug? I don't think so. No, go ahead. No, okay. All right, so I got three. I got one from Doug Marks, and um, he shared that he would, he would listen, I think, with his headphones in, and he would walk around his neighborhood, and people would wonder why he would, like, randomly laugh out loud, which, which that is kind of funny. Yeah, I actually Love do that it. listening to podcasts as well. I do that on a run when, yeah, so not listening to our own podcast, obviously. So that's from Doug Marks. Thanks, Doug. Uh, we've got one from X Smokin'. I don't know if that means mm. like that they used to be a smoker or if that's just their their tagline. Um, Maybe just like a smoking cool person. Yeah, probably yeah. probably that one. X smoking is a newbie, so we encourage X smoking to get out there. And he says that the podcast is helpful. So yeah, whatever we can do. If there's any subjects, topics you want to shoot our way, then let us know. And the last one was from Coach Pellet. Mm. Coach. 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 I think he's from New England. Any predictions on what he coaches? Put me in, coach. Uh, what he coaches. I'm going to yeah. say, where, where is he from again? What would you say? New England. New that, England. That oh, I'm going to I'm gonna say, I'm going to go with cricket. Okay. Cricket's probably reasonable. I was no. thinking like the debate team. Maybe chess? The chess team? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I can make fun of the debate team because I actually used to coach debate. So, yeah. You're um, a great, great debater. Great debater. So anyway, thanks to you three for, for leaving uh, reviews. Even if you just leave ratings on the Apple podcast, we're so close to getting to 200. That would be awesome. Huge. Uh, I th- yeah, I think, I think we got to go with, um, we got to, you know, I bet the newbie could use our random gear the most. So X Smokin, if you want to reach out to us, email me, let me know what your address is, and we'll send you something random for random. a random gear box. He's got some random stuff too, X Rando. Let me tell you. The last, the last uh, tidbit I have is we have another MP3 from our good from Rocky. Oh boy. So what a rep. What's up, B&B? Derek Carl. This is Rock. I'm actually in Bodie, California right now, a ghost town. I'll get to that in just a second. I just got done listening to episode 116, and I almost had to stop in the middle and just leave an MP3, but I waited until it was done. Great episode, as they all are. Um, the reason why I had to stop, something extremely spectacular happened. Derek, that was a great answer you gave to being lost. Like you coming home from your missions trip, you know, about being lost and like not going to church for six months. No, that's not great, obviously. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, you know, just a great answer because it's true. You go to something like that, you really serve God, you know, and then you get home and it's, it, I don't know, the evil one gets you. He tricks you into thinking that things aren't a big deal, that you got to go back to the mission field to really experience awesomeness or something. But yeah, like I mentioned, dude, great answer, man. Great answer. But like I mentioned, we're in Bodie, California. The boys are running around throwing snowballs at me. Whole family's here. It's a ghost town. So was wondering, Carl, this is going to be for you because you're the one that leads the charge on everything. Are there any backpacking routes that we could take that would lead us to a ghost town where we could camp out for the night? Oh, ho, ho. whoa, yeah. Derek, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, it's Rocky. It's Rocky being Rocky. How can you hate it? Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind going to a ghost town. You know? Okay. So, so would you forego the tent and just like, you know, sleep in a broken down shelter? I mean, as long as I had some, uh, you know, what is it? Well, yes, I would do that, number one. Okay. Number two, um, if I had some like Ghostbuster gear, I think it'd be good too. Mm. You know, some... Uh, cryo traps or what are they what are they called cryo traps what, what are they, what are they called? i don't know what they're called i don't know yeah. they're called cryo traps i gotta watch ghostbusters right that should be part of the gear list watch ghostbusters before yeah you come on the trip are, are ghostbusters technically ghost backpackers because they have that big backpack on yeah absolutely yeah okay yeah um yeah rocky i don't know of one offhand i do know that like there's this like abandoned like 
kind of old timey shack that looked like it was built by a miner up on one of the trails nearby. You can, you can actually backpack it. It's kind of near the Colorado trail and we could back. It's probably, I don't know, three, four miles in. So if you want to go there, um, perfect to Colorado, we'll go. We'll make perfect. It so right. random question, but I like it. That's Rocky. That's what you get. That's the beauty of the rock. So. That is, that is Rocky. My friend, uh, that's all I got. That's all I got. We're going to wrap it. Uh, guys, we'll see you next time on the BNB. Remember guys, uh, if you're out on the trail and you run into Carl and he's got a patch on his shirt, just turn it on. I want to fly. Around the world. So yeah, uh, you know, Carl's bugging me about like, oh, you know, pet bucket list this, pet for the TV show that, blah, blah. His pet, he says he has a dog and a cat, but the real love of his life is a, is a pet slug and so he's like mm-hmm. Derek what if we took the slug to and the crab to the LA Coliseum and let him like run around the track like with TV crews and everything it would be so amazing and I said Carl that would be the most boring stupid thing on the planet but he just he doesn't get it we need to help him get it send us a review five stars peace out Four in the morning Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.